Something scared you, is that right? Yes. What, what scared you? The noise. What noise? The noise that we heard in the air. You heard a noise in the yes. air? What was it like? Like a roar or a buzz or a hum or what kind of a noise? It was like someone was blowing a flute. It was scary myself. It was scary because you saw something yourself? Yes. Mm -hmm. I saw a little object hovering. It was quite big actually, and then there was little ones all around it. We saw something silver, and then we quickly ran to the to the logs, and we saw silver thing, and we saw a man standing next to it. Although you used this story as the catalyst for your novel, Jason, you then created a world of fictional characters linked to it. Why was it such a good departure point for the questions you wanted to ask? Um, it was really, it was, it was twofold, really. The first, the first was really wanting to distance myself from the reality of what actually happened, um, primarily because I didn't want to have to um, answer the question, what is it actually that the kids saw? I mean, did they actually see something? And I didn't want to have to uh, spend time on that question. So by creating fictional characters, I could create their own worlds, uh, and their own sort of um, stories, if you like, and and sort of follow those, um, and and sort of move away from the actual central point. I thought the central point was really good at bringing out each character in turn, mm. um, but actually um, by by creating fictional characters, it was much easier to actually develop a a, a story um, rather than focus the on the actual event uh, that took place. Each of the five children you've centred Encounters on has such a distinct voice. How easy is it to achieve that when you're writing the lives of multiple protagonists at the same time? Um, uh, ooh, easy and hard. It's, it's, it was a struggle um, coming to the characters in the first place. Um, mm. That was quite hard. Um, but as soon as I decided who I wanted to be in the story, um, their voices just took took over completely i mean it was it was amazing how how easily that happened for me and um, thank goodness it did as well um because i'd spent a long time looking for a next novel after my first one after mm. out of shadows is written mm. um so the fact that i when i found finally got the story um and, and sort of could get onto the characters then they just sort of took took it away really um which was a, which is an absolute godsend it really was it's interesting that the, the characters in terms of voice are so clearly defined uh, that that each one of them lives as, as very much a, a separate person as they would do in the natural world. Mm. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that was the important thing is, again, sort of wanting to focus on the characters' lives rather than take up too much time with what happened or, or, or what, the, you know, the pivotal point of the story, i.e. The, the sighting of this this craft. Um, and the thing that I really wanted to focus on more than anything, I mean, obviously, I, I couldn't um, answer the question, what did they see? But what I was really wanting to get was, why did they think they saw something? That was the question I really wanted to answer. Mm. Um, and so all their lives are sort of um, moving towards that answer as they, they thought they saw something because of what's going on in their own lives. Yeah. I, I'm interested in the authenticity of the voices as well because uh, living in South Africa and and being in such close contact with Zimbabwe, mm. um, you th these are very familiar voices. How did you manage to achieve voices that, that are so authentic to the geography of the place they originate from? 
Um, it again, it was it was like step, stepping back in time. It was um, similarly with um, at, when I wrote Out of Shadows. It was it was stepping back in, in the same way into my own childhood of of growing up in Zimbabwe and uh, being at school there. So um, as soon as I you know stepped into that fictional world, I could I could you know smell all the smells and see all the sights and. Um, you know, feel the air and, and the temperatures, and like, it was just so easy to sort of pick up on the the language and 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 the way people talked. Um, and and yeah, it was like, like as I say, it was like stepping back, and it was second nature almost. Um, so all of the language just completely uh, took over through the voices. Uh, and in some ways, actually, it was <laughs> my my editor had to sort of quiz me and, and question me about you know how people spoke and is this really what people would say and absolutely I you know that that was the case so I had to convince her that this was um absolutely genuine um so yeah it, it was a, a joy to write for that very reason that it took me back uh, to my own childhood mm. these children are all in crisis although the type of crisis varies from one family to another but but it's interesting the adults who are supposed to be providing the structure and guidance for them they all fail these youngsters in different ways they do yes um and i had to lighten up a little bit it was a at times it had been a bit heavy um in terms of you know put, putting the parents down um it was always sort of on the on the on the children's side so i had to lighten up just just a little bit um because <laughs> i didn't want to be too negative i'm not saying that you know that children and parents are there there is a chasm between them and you know parents never understand children but i do think that is true and i think what's tr- even more true is is adults often forget the chasm is so much wider for children. Mm. Um, the adults have a knowledge and, and, and they've experienced so much more in life, whereas children are all learning, yes. especially younger children. And for them, what seems to us as adults as something quite small and trivial is is for a child absolutely huge. And children don't always know how to deal with that. Um, and that was that message that I wanted to get across, was how easy it is to forget uh, and, and really to highlight those those gaps really that that um that the children in the story have um against their 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 parents um and it's sometimes quite a good reminder just to see that you know when, when a you know my own five-year-old is often you know crying or upset about something and mm-hmm. i and i forget that the tiniest tiniest thing is actually ballooned into something immense for him mm-hmm. um and i think we as parents or adults need to remember that sometimes mm-hmm. how, how did using a hook about this alien sighting create the space for you, for you to explore such important existential questions of the book because I'm, I'm thinking back to that beautiful scene where some of your characters are standing outside they're looking at the vast canvas of the sky above them and musing about about, about the meaning of life and the, the, the place of human beings in all this vastness. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the th- when I was looking for this idea, I was sort of went back to basics and I sort of had to th- ask myself, what is it that we all think about as human beings? What do we think about every single day? And, and there were, to me, there were three key things which um well you could say four key things that they could be um things that we all think about every day at some stage are are probably love um death um the existence of life beyond our planet and you could argue football is another thing that people think about but <laughs> I'm, I'm joking um but no those three things are are the things that take up all of our time i think 
Um, and so when I started writing it, yes, absolutely. I was looking, you know, I remember the times when I used to, I mean, in London, you, see, you can see about three and a half stars. So, you know, forget about that. But back in Africa, you, you really could see the canvas of, yeah. of the night sky and, and you could really let your mind wander. And, and you did start to ask questions, or I certainly did as a, as a, as a teenager, uh, about what is beyond our own planet. And, and so, yes, lots of those thoughts were, came up for me. Um, as I wrote the book, I did a lot of research about um, the universe in general and was was um, absolutely astounded. At, I, we all know that the, the universe is big, but I was astounded at just not only just how big, but how monumental it is in terms of scale of of the violence or the beauty. I mean, it's it's just astounding. And and beyond, you know, to the next step, how realizing how the universe is is you know we all we all ask the questions about God, does god exist you know does he not exist you know mm-hmm. is there a, what kind of god is there if there is a god but what sort of really got to me was how, how there is a connection between the universe and us in that it is the universe that created the life that we know it, it is the, the 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 stars that that grew and and then exploded when when they died they spread out all the all the nutrients, the, the carbon, the hydrogen, uh, the oxygen that actually created our planet. Yes. So it was that was to me was like, well, that's a really good connector there, and and it was the connection that I wanted to get, you know, between the characters in the story, and then somehow sort of like just just draw that that sort of arc across all of the characters in the story in the same way that that you know quite literally the the night sky does. It it does. You know, we all share the questions and we all share that same commonality, which is it created us. So if nothing else, um, it sort of helped me explore that. And I'm getting a bit deep and meaningful here, but it did help <laughs> me explore that and, and sort of um, put that across in the book that while we all feel alone in our lives, we are not alone in feeling lonely. So, you know, that sort of was something I wanted to, I guess, to help myself, um, you know, in, in understanding life beyond our own, um, but also, you know, get, getting down to paper and, and helping people think about those things, I guess, which, yeah. which does help. Well, it's it's an interesting backdrop for the kind of contemporary conversations we're having. I mean, we're, we're faced with, with a zeitgeist in South Africa at the moment. In fact, a series of them, really. We're looking at the issues of race, uh, and, and it's a time of great sensitivity around those issues. We're looking uh, at the issue of, of abuse and child abuse in particular. It, it's amazing that you have managed to take uh, a, such a macrocosmic event uh, as a reported alien landing and tie... Mm tie that event to all these issues we're grappling with very much in contemporary life thank you yeah well i mean it's it's uh, it took me a bit by surprise uh, i must admit i mean as the story grew i was i was quite surprised at how all these different things came to the surface um and i think for me a lot of those questions um you know certainly the issues of race and and, and living life in africa and, and the development of africa and how everything is changing those are very close to me, having having grown up in a country which was um, at that time brand new. I mean, it was Zimbabwe three years after the the, the end of the the War of Independence. So, yes. for me, I, I witnessed a lot of um, things uh, to do, you know, surrounding uh, race and, and the way people are and people think, um, without really realizing what those issues were. I was too young to fully understand them. I just sort of 
uh, absorbed them and, and thought about them in, in, in later life. Yes. Um, and, you know, all of these things sort of, they did grow. And sadly, you know, abuse is, is something, you know, as I say, sadly, that, that does exist in, in, in life and, and, you know, as well as many other issues. And I believe in, you know, some people find the issues too hard to, to tackle, to, to read about and, and to look at in the face. And I am one of those people who believe that if you're going to get a, across them or beyond them or, or make them better, yes. you've just got to face up to them. And mm. um, that's why I, I, I'm fairly sort of, people people were upset that I, I, I don't want to give any spoilers away, but people were upset that I wrote the story that I did about yeah. certain characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, that's that's the way to deal with it. That's the way that you get through. You face up to it, and you you deal with it, and you look how to make life better. So, um, yeah, it's, it's sad but true. Yeah. You know, on that note, it's such a wonderful young adults novel. But as an adult reader, I enjoyed it just as much. Was it your intention to cross over with Encounters? Not really. I, it, a little bit in the sense that the, my first novel, Out of Shadows, um, that definitely was was written without any audience in mind. And, and again, I was unapologetic in, 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 in how I came to that story and how I um, uh, told it. Um, and, and again, every, it took everyone by surprise, I think, which is why it did so well and, and, and got such, um, such good uh, word of mouth. Um, this one, I did tailor it a little bit, knowing how that one had done uh, in schools and so forth. But again, I didn't want to dumb it down. I didn't want to speak to people um, in, in any sort of uh, in lesser way, in any shape or form. It was meant to be a book to be enjoyed by whoever at any age. Well, obviously, uh, <laughs> 13 and above or 12 and above. Yes. Um, with With the hope that, I mean, I grew up, not reading there was no such thing as teenage books as such um i grew up just reading books and and that's what i think is really important is to just read read anything and and uh take things in absorb things and understand things that way and to help you know form an opinion um so uh, i i definitely didn't dumb it down at all i may have just sort of changed the language slightly just to help it more understandable or maybe explain the history um to an audience who wouldn't necessarily know about the existence of zimbabwe or or rhodesia in the days before that and so forth but um uh yeah yeah it was definitely uh, an uh, an open-minded book as I wrote it. Let me just ask you a, a question on that issue. I mean, because the, the, the book opens with the experience of a, of a character, which is, I mean, it, it's quite a bold, he's a, he's a bold character. He says what he's thinking. Um, and many of his thoughts are, are, are and, and, and his, his language, his dialogue, it would be considered offensive. How, mm. how do you think that's going to be, be received by by teenagers do you do you think that's an appropriate way of uh, of making them aware about the kinds of of discrimination that exist in society i yeah i mean i i definitely think it's better to have a character that people can relate to even though they dislike that character immensely i mean he is a dislikable character through and through Mm. and i think it's far better to have that in a book rather than a sort of very vanilla um, a very sort of non-entity kind of character who doesn't really do anything. Um, I, I, I'd much prefer to have a character that people absolutely hate. Um, with the proviso, I mean, what I always try and do in my books is to sh- help people understand that there's a reason that people are the way that they are. It's easy to say that 
um, what Gary in this instance is the character. You know, Gary is, is, a, is a horrible, dislikable racist. Um, he's bigoted, he's short-sighted, and he's just, just flat-out mean. Um, but as you read on, very quickly you understand there's a reason for that. Yes. And I think that's, that's it's nothing in this world is black and white. There's always a reason. There's always an answer somewhere um, as to why people act in the way that they do. Um, so I think it's just really a message to say that, you know, we shouldn't treat these issues, in this case racism, but you shouldn't treat issues of any sort just as, you know, black and white. This is right. This is wrong. Um, you know, anyone who does this is wrong and anyone who does that is, is right. You know, we have to work through the reasons and understand the, the foundations of these um, uh, characteristics that, that humans have. And I think that's the only way that we'll finally, you know, eventually one day um, remove them completely. Jason Wallace, author of Encounters, thank you so much for speaking to us today.